0: Uh, it's 106.7 FM KWSS, and you're driving with gas here. It's 4.20, and it's time to get into the comedy pen where we do some comedy talk, and we have comedian Hal Sparks with me, mm-hmm. who's performing tonight over at the Tempe Improv. Tonight and tomorrow night, 7.30 and 9 o'clock, are the shows. Or 7.30 seven thirty, nine thirty, 9.30, excuse yeah. me, are tonight and tomorrow night over at the Tempe Improv. So welcome to the show, man. Yeah,
1: thanks. Yeah, you don't want anybody on 4.20 to think they have to be early to anywhere. <laughs> right. Dude, what am I doing here? Was that me? <laughs> Did I forget about daylight savings time? How does this, you know, uh, yeah, it's. It's, it's and it's also interesting to be here on 420 right. things because I work with the MPP, the Marijuana Policy Project. Yeah. But I'm a non-user. I'm straight edge, so I don't. I don't. Smoke, You've never used at all. Nothing. So I've I, never. I drank alcohol in my life, much less really drugs of any sort. And uh, but but it seems really logical to me that it what does it cost fifty thousand dollars a year to house a non-violent pot offender? Right. With all their uh, abilities for appeal and all the necessary paperwork and extra court costs to go in about 50 grand a year. And a, what's the average teacher salary here? $27,000, $22,000 uh, for a starter teacher, teacher's job? So you could have two teachers in a classroom for every pothead you take out of jail. Right. That budgetary wise, it just makes no sense to me whatsoever.
0: So what do you think about the common sense of our government, which is pretty much lacking no matter where you're at? I mean, when you're looking at just the statute just pointed out, is it's, it's mind boggling that we haven't even either had a media push against it or I'm sure there is but there's not a lot of voices even
1: on well, towards it. It's not about common sense, it's about an active fight against that because if you look at I mean Nixon officially started the war on drugs right. but, but um I forget his first name but the guy named Wright started the DEA into a policing general usage organization because originally the DEA was set up when it was started to fight um, doctors over prescribing morphine hmm. to people it was the they were really fighting the oxycontin and oxycodone of the time they okay. were really the kind of people who bust people like Rush Limbaugh for buying 10,000 pills and you know and you know these these shopping for doctors kind of things right so they were set up to do that regulate the medical profession not people growing pot in their backyard and smoking it they didn't care either way this uh, big federal judge uh, or uh, I think he was actually, and it got moved up into the like the federal bench. His daughter married this dude who was basically not gainfully employed, and they gave him a crap government job as a nod and a wink. to this. The DEA at that time was a rubber stamp organization. They just, you know, they regulated not by cops and by busting barrels open like prohibition. They just wrote you a note and said, "Stop it, or we'll take your license away." And that was that. He turned it into this big organization. He over, ballooned the budget over the next five years and turned it into a religious calling. And then after the 60s, where people blamed pot for black people getting the rights that they got, they basically thought that white kids on dope were the ones responsible for the civil rights movement getting any ground, mm. that they wanted to stop it. It was, a, it was an act of racism to stop pot specifically because they, and they use things like the Manson family who were, by the way, may have smoked pot, but their whole thing was massive doses of LSD and methamphetamine and and coke and (laughs) all like, like a mix of crazy psychotropic drugs that, you know, weren't even, I mean, in the ballpark of pot. Right. So, um, it gets lumped in as a class A drug with heroin and all these other things. Uh, and, and starts a movement that it's, quote-unquote, the gateway drug, and that's how they used it. as It's just as dangerous because that's what gets you there, right. which is totally false and never been found to be the case. And Nixon himself did a study, uh, you know, paid to have a study done about pot and, and its you know ramifications. And the, when the scientists came back with it doesn't really harm anybody, there's no such thing as a lethal dose, that people who use it continue to work, Productively, it right. doesn't harm production. As a matter of fact, some people are happier and more focused on it. It has medicinal uses. He shelved the report and basically had all the v- versions of it burned, right. except the ones he legally had to file, and and started the war on drugs.
0: Do you think, like you know, with that knowledge being out there, it's I, I, I wonder why it's not such a big bombshell in the news that you know he hit all because these.
1: nobody wants their kids to use drugs. This is the main well, reason. I mean, as much as as much as you get, uh, there's legitimate reasons why people don't want you to do it right and and especially kids because your brain's not done forming i have no problem with adults drinking and i have no problem with adults doing any drug of their choice but during a period where your brain is still growing which by the way doesn't stop you know in any major sense until you're 25 which is why we still have secondary education right. after school That's why you stay in college till you're 25 your brain is literally physically forming synaptic reasoning to that point If you do that first and then start using drugs or whatever, it won't necessarily curtail you like a bonsai tree in one direction or another. And so I think it's important to not do it until you've got a sense of who you are and who you're about. The problem is... That's not what happens. No. you set the, na- the date at 25, everybody is at 21. If you just set it at 21, everybody does it at 15. That's true of alcohol. It's true of almost everything.
0: If you see, no to someone. that's the like it's,
1: it's the way. The, yeah, it's the, it's the, no is the gateway drug. Yeah, right. It really is. Right.
0: Yeah. In mind, I mean, my first time I ever smoked, uh, I mean, I was 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't you know, just one of the things the neighborhood of kids. We, right. Whatever it is, you, you know, get a little stone, a little buzz. And yeah. It wasn't like I was consistently, I need to get high again. You know, well, that's the
1: thing. I mean, but, that's the big lie about it. And the unfortunate right. part of it is when you tell kids that Pot is as bad as heroin. They try pot, and it's not that bad. Right. It doesn't kill them. None of their friends OD. There's no danger to it. They think, maybe they're lying about heroin, right, too. Right. Lies are actually the gateway drug. Right. You tell somebody that alcohol or, or pot are as bad as heroin, or that heroin's hard, You know, smoking is harder to kick than heroin, then people go, well, then why don't I, then why don't I try heroin? I should be able to I have a friend who kicks smoking. So I, the reason smoking is hard to quit is because there's more social protection for the fact that you do it. Right. You don't have to quit. People don't go fuck. You're shooting up, right? In the you're shooting up in front of me like that. There's no social, dude. You're putting a burning thing near your face. Right. Like, hey, a syringe in your arm. That's why right. it's harder to quit. Sure, because there's protection for it. People go, I'm a smoker. I'm okay. Way. It's okay. It's right. right, Exactly. So so you know, like fatty foods, arguably. Fatty foods are way more dangerous. It's funny when people go, you, you smoke pot or you do heroin at a young age, it affects your brain forever. And you're like, dude, we know that about red meat, and you're right. not doing anything about it.
0: Yeah. You're continuing I mean, to eat it. Pink slime, you know, yeah, that's been exactly. coming out. I mean, yeah. it's, how, how can you eat a burger now? And even, uh, I mean, it's it's almost, you know, the curtain's coming, you know, it's opening. Yeah, and it, which and, is good. It's very good. Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, things that will be exposed. I think this is a big year for that. I, you know, what we already know about the beef, it was a big story this year. Yeah, eggs. Uh, eggs, chicken, eggs, poultry, yeah. anything dairy is you know, it's kind yeah. of bad news for you these days, you know? Well, it,
1: you know, and and people would go, my grandfather ate that stuff when he was young and it didn't affect him. Well, it was different then. They didn't right. have the antibiotics and right. stuff in it then. They didn't, they literally, those eggs were brought from not very far away. Right. You know, they were never frozen and, you know, and replaced in like plastic packaging and shipped from Mexico or something, <laughs> you know, where there are no regulations about what's happening in the water downstream right. from a nuclear power plant. There was none of those extra factors. And then you had these massive, like, cancer blooms and all this kind of stuff. And then you want to pretend that that's not part of the equation. Right. Um, the problem is. People look at eating beef or something as almost like an as an identity thing. Like that's what makes you tough. Sure, is I eat cow. Well, guess <laughs> right. what? It's not like eating wolf or bear. You could take a cow down pretty right. easily. You could get close to it. It won't run. Right. You could cave its head in or chop its head off, and it wouldn't. Necess- that's why we domesticated them. <laughs> right. Eating a domesticated animal of any sort—chickens, cows, pigs—doesn't make you tough. It can't. But that perception is what keeps people continually just shoveling this stuff down. And and there's a lot of... Support for it, not just from Tons. industry.
0: Well, it's it's the peer pressure in a sense because you know, and I've been out with a friend of mine who he was an army guy and everything, and we're eating, and you know, he'll order the steak or something like that. If I were to like the fish or yeah. you know maybe just whatever it is, anything yeah. besides the steak, I get a look. Yeah, you know, it's
1: like what? Come
0: on, get a steak.
1: Did like, your is your manhood <laughs> on such a tipping point that you go if I don't eat the most manly dish here, people will right. question <laughs> right. whether my penis works <laughs> or my sexuality? Like right. that seems to it's Isn't almost weird? it's like it, you, like. Like, if I don't eat the steak, I might as well be wearing a dress and dancing around the room. Right. So, and it's stunning how defensive people get about that. isn't you know, people, I, you know, I have a good friend of mine, the guitarist of my band, Brian, he's great. He's a really talented guy. But sometimes when you bring up vegetarianism, it's he acts like you're an oppressor. Like, I don't want to be told by the man how to eat. Like. Dude, that's not the man. The man is McDonald's. The man is, you know, all these steakhouses all over the place. The the beef industry. The man—they're the ones who sued Oprah. Oprah's not the man in this situation. She's going. She made a suggestion that she and but and said she's not going to eat beef anymore because she doesn't think it's healthy. And they sued her for it. That's the man. Yeah, that's bull. Yeah, right. (laughs) No pun intended. Yeah, in the truest sense of the word. Right. So, uh, you know, to me, you got you got to be more you got to be safe enough to be honest about stuff. you got to feel strong enough about yourself to go, I don't smoke pot, I don't drink, I don't do drugs. I'm not going to, I have no interest in it. It's not my life path. However, I do think that our, our the financial costs... And the social costs of our war on drugs are a complete failure right. by any metric. And I know too many people who smoke or who have done drugs in the past or who drink socially who aren't a problem to society, mm-hmm. who aren't going down a dark path that's going to end up someplace bad. Right. And I, while I don't encourage it at all, I think every chemical experience that you can have on drugs is already in your brain. It just turns it loose, mm-hmm. and there's better ways to get there. Right. That's my own path. But I wouldn't impose that on anybody Legally, well, I've always said too. As far as the um, the pot culture,
0: the the stoner culture, whatever it is, it's been here forever. We we've, yeah. we've we've functioned on high for for the longest time. So, in my opinion, it's really one of those things where the other part of society who doesn't believe in it just to say enough. We're cool. We'll acknowledge you exist. We'll welcome you into our society. Arguably, it's the
1: same thing as gay marriage. You want people who don't use, you know, non-users, straight people, (laughs) to dictate how other people Uh, act. That has no bearing on their own lifestyle. I mean there's no way that two gay people getting married affects your right. marriage, nor does it limit your own relationship nor in your expression with your children if it does that's your weakness as in a socially awkward sense with your own family and your own community right. if you can't express the value of being of your feelings as a heterosexual you have no business giving detriment to the the feelings of a homosexual right. or you know or a gay person or a lesbian or bisexual or transgender person because it's none of your business. Right. It doesn't affect you. <laughs> right. Who, who when in Vermont, when they legalize gay marriage, runs home to their house and goes, well, honey, we have to get a divorce because marriage means nothing anymore. Right. It's ridiculous. It's, it is so weird. It's childish. You're literally trying to legislate other people, you you not feeling icky right. about something else. Right. And, and I would not impose my, my views about drugs, that I would not use them and I don't want to use them right. and I don't think they're healthy on somebody else. Because, because i that. feel that way right
0: because if you were out there saying uh, drugs are bad alcohol is bad smoking's bad and you've never done any of those and you're
1: against it then it's like well at least it's, yeah, it doesn't flow exactly and you you also want to implement laws to to stop other people from doing something right that there are already laws that keep you from driving riding high whatever right or drunk that's all you need. I just don't, don't run over me with a bus while you're looking the other direction, right. you know. But that's true about distracted driving or being you know, or texting or whatever. Texting. I don't have a problem with texting, but, it, but if you're texting and you hit me while I'm on my motorcycle, right. I have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah. And there's laws against that, as there should be. You know what I mean it's yeah. a, you know
0: there was a uh, there was a uh, commercial a long time ago even before uh, cell phones. I remember this living in l a it was on TV um, it was so and so was driving and uh, didn 't like a song in the radio so she killed two people yeah because she got distracted from the, the radio, of the radio right. right so you think about even back then those stage in the radio was a big thing it's like Bling now it. you got so many other things
1: rolling around you know and this kind of goes to what we were talking about uh, during the break before people before we actually got into this, which is that um, you know, we're in a period where people aren't necessarily in, taking what they know about the drug war and its failures or whatever and instigating it. And it seems like this anti-common sense thing. But these are the, really the growth pains of any society. We just haven't gotten there yet. We're right. in the middle of it. We can't get to where you can't climb a ladder without, you know, hitting most of the rungs. Sure. And these are just some of the rungs. And the, and texting and being on the radio, right. in a couple of years, quite frankly, Siri or some version of it right. will be available in every vehicle, and you'll never take your eyes off the road. And your car will have automatic stopping stuff and will detect somebody coming up onto you quickly. Yeah, it's um, almost that
0: they have that now, like exactly, the reverse lights or the reverse video on the exactly, cars. Or the, yeah. The reverse cam, whatever.
1: And, and eventually that will be standardized. Right. You'll be so used to it. Yeah. You know, one of the reasons, like, we don't have a train in L.A., and we're getting one. One of the reasons we're getting a train is because people used to have their personal moment in their car. They used to socialize. They'd call somebody on the car, or they'd listen to the radio and just have their alone moment right. with book on tape, be in traffic. It was almost like a ritual. Well, now people have that on Facebook and on Twitter. They don't, and they have headphones. They can plug them into their phone, be listening to their own music, talking to their friends miles away on a phone. So I don't need to be driving right. to get that experience. And I, and as a matter of fact, the driving is getting in a, in the way of me socializing. <laughs> yeah. So I would rather hop on a train and go to work every day like they do in New York, which they've been way ahead on, right. or in a cab, let somebody else do the driving or, or get me to work, and I can stay socially active, which is a great feeling, and we, it's new to us. So I think we're getting we're getting to that point. Eventually, it will become very normalized.
0: Uh, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. too. With all the technology, it's a matter of time before you, like, so you can be talking to your radio and, and everything. Well, else. you know, and I talk I mean, about this in my
1: stand-up. I mean, if, if there's a single kind of topic of what I've been talking about lately, it's almost... Like Ray, Rick Herswell, who invented the sampler, uh, came up with this thing called the singularity. It's this point in the future, and he says it's going to be about 2035, but I think it's actually going to be sooner, where you couple with technology and never uncouple. That humanity will become permanently entrenched in technology. Yeah. Where, uh, And it's basically going to start with nanotechnology. Once they find a nano. A computer like a literally a microscopic computer that can kill any particular type of cancer right and they inject it into your body instead of a vaccine at a very young age so instead of, you know brain cancer is a problem we have we can actually dial this thing in you wave a wand over it and these computers that are in your bloodstream will go kill the whatever tumor we set it on we get a biopsy of the tumor on a microscopic level we program it in the computer the pu- Computer tells these things just go kill those cells and no others. Right. As soon as they figure that out, you will have that in your bloodstream. You will never not be a cyborg, and that's probably twenty years away. And yeah, that's, I,
0: I can totally see that. It's uh, you know, you've, I'm sure you've heard of the Peter uh, the Peter Principle. Is it the Peter Principle? Um, I don't know. I think that's what it is. Uh, Peter
1: Principle. Isn't that where uh, the fail, failing upwards? <laughs> no, no, I think it's it's the
0: Peter Principle, but uh, I could be saying it wrong. But uh, it's basically that we're advancing too fast for our own good. That's kind yeah, of I, the guess, I,
1: I don't necessarily agree with that. I think uh, um, we are tribal by nature, and this idea that we have 127 people we can keep in storage in our brain at, <laughs> at any given time is, is true no matter what. Um, uh, they said the same thing when the phone occurred. and, when, and I, you know I talk about this my sam too, but uh, the idea that somehow like old people don't like new technology is just ridiculous, right. because in your lifetime, you've gone from dial phone to push-button phone to flip phone to smartphone. They went from no phone to phone. Yeah. The leap psychologically sure. from yesterday, if I wanted to talk to someone, they had to be within shouting distance. <laughs> right. To now, through a wire, right. whatever the hell that is, I can talk to someone on the other side of the earth. Is bananas? <laughs> it
0: is right. It's just the concept. I mean, wrap
1: your head around yeah. them. That's the same as going. We now have places on the moon. There's a there's an apartment on the moon. Like right. the day they have living quarters on the moon right. for average people, that's the leap. A vacation spot on the moon. Right now the moon is barren, right. except for the secret alien bases I on saw the dark that. side. I and, saw that one. That, uh, that are, <laughs> and, and the fact that it's hollow, right. <laughs> uh, which is my favorite I made of cheese, YouTube too, right? <laughs> conspiracy. Hollow moon? Hollow moon really? theory. You ever heard this? No, I never Sick. heard that. Really? You know, because apparently, you know when we did that big explosion a couple of years ago, which where we, sent a, we bombed the moon? Remember that? No, like, I don't five, remember that. Five six years ago, we to see if their water vapor came off of it, <laughs> and it was a test to see if we could do it on other planets. Right. You just let off basically a bunker buster bomb on a surface of a planet and see if that will shatter up enough thing to see if there's water particles, or if right. the burn will eliminate them and make them look frozen or non-existent. And so they had to do a test, and they did on the moon. So when they, when apparently one of the Apollo missions left, the, they. They uncoupled from the base, and the base fell, and the moon's gravity was enough to pull it. And when it hit the moon, boom, It rang for six hours. Really? This big hum came off the moon. This is documented. Documented, which they believe means the moon is almost completely hollow. Or, In- yeah, interesting. All right, I can see. Right, I got be you. Basically hollow.
0: Right to give that sound.
1: Yeah, and it rang. <laughs> yeah, which is great. You know whether it's true or not. I mean, there's a. We'll eventually get to that point. Uh, uh, um so, so to me, yes, cat in the camera um, is, the, is a uh, – it, it's just one of my favorites. You know, like a, a- I, you know, that on the other side, and this is a whole other conversation, but UFO – 9 11 truth, whatever you want. I, like uh, I can get into a YouTube bowl, like nobody's business.
0: I saw I saw you on a uh, on a on a YouTube video about 9 uh, 11 mm-hmm. rant, uh, doing us. And I, I'm the I'm the same way. Yeah. I, I look at it because I about uh, it was 2006. Actually, 4 11. When I had the guys on, the guys who made Loose Change 9 yeah, 11. Yeah. They were they were in studio with yeah, me. Yeah, I love that. Thanks to uh, Kara. Uh, she brought him in, she connected nice. us, and uh, we chatted. And uh, these are just normal kids in New York, and they saw what, what happened, and they're like, they just didn't buy
1: the story. Right. And, well, and I think that's ca- enough. And the, the, the problem with, quote, unquote, what's conspiracy theories is when you start drawing conclusions. You don't have to draw conclusions to say this is garbage. Right. And and the idea that you know George Bush caused it or Dick Cheney was actually you know flying a drone with his with his Xbox controller you know into the towers and right. those were robot planes and mm-hmm. that people were you know unloaded in Cleveland and <laughs> right. all, all sure. the variants. None of that has to be of concern. You don't even have to go that far down the road. All mm-hmm. you have to do is back up and go. This part, Building Seven. Building whatever, Seven, yeah, is baloney. <laughs> right. It's. B.S., yeah. period. And, and so, if you, if, I'm, I stop there. Like and that's and it's kind of the same way I feel about the drug war. That's where the thing is. I don't need to go. Well, d- drugs lead to this. Okay, there's no evidence that points to that. Right. You haven't done full studies on this. This is like arguing whether hypnotism works. You're not going to or ESP. If you're not going to do a full scientific study, you can't say there's no point to doing a full scientific study. That's dumb. Right. You're just you're making a conclusion, and that's the problem I have. You're drawing a conclusion from artificial, you know, ideas from your own preconceptions. That's not scientific, and I'm not there. Right. I'm not going to follow you down that road. And if you're going to say. That the Saudis did it in conjunction with the Bush family because they wanted to blah blah blah. M- that may or may not end up being true. That's immaterial to me, though. The point is, what happened here? Right. <laughs> what happened to Billy totally Saudis? Let's get there. And, 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 and
0: what is this? Uh, this uh, three frames hitting the the plane, hitting the right, Pentagon, the most
1: viewed building in the world, and you're not going to release full footage. Yeah, of what that's a little happened. sketchy. It's silly. Yeah. What, what are they afraid you're going to find out that the. That the people were screaming out the windows and you could see their faces right. and we'd all feel sad. Right. We saw the buildings come down. <laughs> right. What are you I'm worrying we about? Physically watch
0: people die. Show me
1: everything. Don't right. pretend you don't have a camera everywhere. Right. It's silly, it's especially even, on the Pentagon.
0: And it, one more thing is uh, uh, Silverstein, isn't he? He was the owner of the buildings, right? He was the one that put the uh, the insurance policy on a couple years sure, prior. Sure. Well, well, I mean, I get that. I, I mean, mean, there's a lot of things,
1: but see, even that makes sense to me. But if I bought that building, I'd put terrorism insurance on it too because it's nothing but a big target. And it looks like the British fu, has two <laughs> fingers. Pointing at the rest of the world, right. you know what I mean. We, we think the rest of the world only knows our obscene gesture. Middle finger, right? But it, you know, here's the other thing: when that when those two buildings were put up, there was a feng shui expert, the guy who did Hong Kong when Hong Kong became the financial uh, head of of Southeast Asia. He did the whole city. Um, he said, "When those buildings went up, they're coming down. Feng shui wise, they cut the energy of the city. They're coming down. The they're going to fall towers? or be burned down, really? or somebody's going to knock them down. But on a metaphysical yeah. feng shui level, these can't stand for very long. He said they won't last forty years, and that, he was right.
0: Interesting. That's that's bizarre. Yeah, on
1: a sideline, yeah. you know, note of whatever else. Yeah. in Chicago, for example, they just, you know, and I'm a I'm a fan of." feng shui, I did it to my house or whatever, but Chicago had these feng shui experts come in and when they redid Millennium Park for 2000, when they, Grant Park became Millennium Park, right. and they put the big bean there that everybody can see, it's called the snowball or whatever, and it's this perfectly polished thing, it looks like a lima bean, that's in the middle of the, uh, you know, the the top of the park, and it reflects and rounds this knife-pointed building that faces the park, that kept everybody out of the north part of the park, energetically speaking, according <laughs> to feng shui. As soon as they did that, the park is alive like I've never seen it. Really? And you can say you don't believe in it or whatever, but it happened. It's, you know, they built this, the band shell up there. They made it flowing and rounded. They didn't make it jutting and pointy like they normally do. They fixed that. Blues Fest has never been more popular, never done as well. Taste of Chicago is right. bigger than ever. People use it. And then they put these two pillars that had black and white faces, people of different races, um, every race actually, smiling at each other to bridge the gap between south side and the north side okay. of town. And now the south side is gentrified. Nice. It didn't help Austin, which is the southwest part, which is really a bad area. It's right. the worst part of Chicago, unfortunately. That needs to be the next thing, and they're working on that, I guess. But insofar as you know, watching that happen. But it was interesting to me that those two to- the Twin Towers, people were like, no, nope, not going to stick around. And as soon as they were put up, you remember the Towering Inferno came out. Right. And it was really in reference to those buildings because it looks exactly, you know, tall, square, the, so yeah, square, so yeah, these, these or, Soviet buildings. Because right. th- at that time, we were just entering the, you know, we were really hardly into the Cold War and we were building like them. Everything had to look Stalinistic and right. strong. You never, you know, the, the the Gothic Empire State Building seemed weak by comparison to these bricky right. Nazi and, and Soviet buildings that we got used to seeing as the implementation of strength. Right. So these buildings got built as these big cube things to as an FU to the rest of the world, you know. Interesting. And yeah, it's just That's, fascinating to me, that, that whole thing. But insofar as, like, that stuff, I just want to look. I, you know, let's have a real look at it. If, you can't, if you're not giving me a full look and right. then you're telling me um, it's BS for me asking, then I've written you off. I'm not interested in your conversation. And the same thing with the drug war. Right. Same thing with all that stuff. And like I said... I come at it from a non-user point of view. I have no dog in this fight right. at all. I'm not fighting for my own rights to be able to smoke in my home like a lot of people are accused of being if they fight for those rights. I just looked at the paperwork and gone, none of this adds up. You're not convincing me at all. And if you're going to convince me, you better get to it because yes. you don't have the evidence on your side. Yeah. They
0: just give you a cookie cutter excuse. Right. And here it is. This is the reason why it, go yeah. on with your own business, keep shopping and, and doing and, and, and everything My else. message
1: arguably is kids don't do drugs. <laughs> I mean, it's it's, it's it's as fundamental as that, right. but I'm doing it from a point of of honesty as opposed to, you know, uh, lying. And Wait st- till you're an adult. Right, yeah. Right. Wait till it you're an adult to make degree. that make an adult decision. Right, you know, no, save agree. your brain from any kind of alter. You know, and that it means, should go with
0: religion too. But that's another whole. Oh, that's yeah. whole well, <laughs> religion is the drug of choice. That's so. another story exactly. Yeah. Um, we have Hal Sparks hanging out with me here in, in studio. No, you, it's too bad we're not talking about anything substantial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, let's get to some substantial stuff here. Yeah. Uh, Hal Sparks is performing tonight and tomorrow night over at the Tempe Improv, seven thirty and nine thirty. the shows. It's a two day event here in town. Um, uh, real quickly, I want to go. I, was, I, was, I read a story about Wikipedia. It said um, 60% of the stuff on there is
1: false, so is your real name Hal Sparks? It is, <laughs> yeah. Is Hal short of anything? Um, no, but my whole, whole name is Hal Harry McGee Sparks the Third. Right, okay. Yeah, but Hal is my is my real first name. Nice. Um, I don't know anybody who would necessarily take it, considering how it's used in media. Most of the guys named Hal are bad. <laughs> <you know? laughs> who else is bad enough? Uh, well, yeah. Hal. Like, yeah. Hal Linden. That uh, was Barney Miller. was Nolan? an actor. Wasn't he Barney Miller? I mean Nolan? the character names. Okay, right. I I got you. Okay, character names? Yeah. I mean, Hal Jordan's my one, you know, it ends up being a Green Lantern. Okay. It ends up being your one hope. (laughs) Your your one hero. Right. Um, but you get shallow Hal, and then every guy Shall named Hal. Hal is like the 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 smarmy husband of the guy of the girl that the guy is trying to get. Right, right. Why is she dating that guy? That's right. that's, that's, Hal, that's you know. Hal. So and Sparks is a verb and a noun. So, um, you know, my dad's name is Harry Sparks, which is like some weird <laughs> mental picture. I don't even know what that means. But, but yeah, that's sixty percent. And we're being bombed apparently. <laughs>
0: Hold R- on, We're on the they, FBI. they're on to us. <laughs> yeah, they'll believe me. I'm sure the FBI knows who I am. Uh-huh. Even having those 9/11 guys in studio, I'm sure they're yeah, un- sure. marked.
1: Here's the thing: is the FBI's full of people who would sl- would shut the door on that stuff in a in a second. They think that those guys should be waterboarded. And then there's other guys in the FBI who absolutely are against that and think there might be something to it and would love to follow it down. That's the right. thing. That the FBI, like any other government government organization, is it matters who runs it. Right, people go. Charge? The government did blah blah blah. To hell with you. That's right. a, that. I hate that as much as I hate the idea that you know uh, the 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 not, you know people say there's nothing to you know nine eleven and that drug laws should be you know right. more because you're not listening. You're not you're, you're making blanket statements. Well, and, yeah.
0: Well, that's what uh, Nixon did. In a sense, how, if he, if he didn't have a thing about the drug war, there most likely wouldn't be a war right now. Right. I mean, we don't know. No, there, someone,
1: would be, there would be varying degrees. Of, that he was the guy who was going to do it. It was a timing thing. No matter right. who so was, was in Someone office. was going to do it. It was going to yeah. get to it.
0: Again, I'm sorry, but it was, yeah. one, there was that one guy maybe who did the DEA a long time ago who got so overzealous yeah. that he said, that's it. We're, there was an we're anti, ending it, everything. You it was know? an
1: anti-counterculture m- movement in the button-down quarters of the government in the late 60s, early 70s. And, and, and in many ways, some people believe that there was a sweep where they, wiped, they killed everybody who was, you know, emblematic of the counterculture. Um, you know, there's some people believe that they seated Charles Manson, that they, you know, helped him get, you know, his, his ins and sort of coordinated that a little bit. Right. And that they killed uh Janice Joplin and Jimi Hendrix and Jim Morrison and all and Medgar Evers and Mal uh, you know Malcolm John Lennon X. And, probably, yeah. Well John Lennon was a later collateral damage thing. They right. couldn't get to him at the time, so they clean up later. Same right. plan, blah blah blah. Okay. There's a lot of belief about that. But the point is there was within the government in the in in the J. Edgar Hoover quarters of things this anti counterculture thing. They really didn't like the idea that black people were getting rights. They didn't like the idea that women were getting rights. They didn't like the hippie culture pushing for it and they wanted to shut it down. And one of the ways they did it, and the easiest way they could do it, was implementing the drug war. Right. Whoever was president at that point, the, the countervailing pressure on them from all government agencies... It was coming. ...was coming. Right. Right. So even if it had been Kennedy to some degree, there would have been some variant version of the drug war. Sure. It's, uh, it's it's sad to think that,
0: you know, just because some people have some fun and, and living a decent life, people say, no, you can't do that. Well, you there, know, but, We're going to put a but, stamp on that. But and you, say, you look
1: at, you know the fear of you know you can actually give them a little bit of leeway though and understand where they're coming from and their fear and where it, where it was rooted because here come people who fought uh the nazis in world war 2 they come home they have the 50s they just want to act normal nothing's normal white people and black people have different fountains in a lot of places women can't you know are really suppressed you know there's but we're all acting like this is norman rockwell just hang on for just don't (laughs) upset the apple cart we just got back from the war and we were fighting nazis and we're fighting the, the communist infiltration you know was the big fear right so here come Less than ten years later you got to look at the timing of this they just <laughs> fought the war ten years later ten years after that when they're just kind of getting normal mm-hmm. their kids start going I'm sick of this normal crap they have basically what is their grunge movement at the time okay. and they start looking at this going yeah you're acting like everything's perfect and Everything's going well, but you and Mom sleep in separate beds, and she's drinking right. a lot. <laughs> oh, right. And and you keep calling black people boy, and I don't I think that's right. Right. And, and because of bust integration, I'm knowing them, and I'm realizing what you told me about them isn't true. Right. That they're every bit as smart as I am, that they're every bit as kind as I'm capable of being. And so you have this pushback where the kids just go, I'm sick of watching Westerns on television, pretending I live in this Norman Rockwell right. painting. Right. And then drugs become a part of that on college campuses. It becomes a natural expression. I'm bucking what I say. The, the, the backlash is so the other direction that I want to fight normalcy so bad I'm going to take LSD. Right. <laughs> because it's so, you know, you so, wouldn't necessarily do that if the lie wasn't pushed so far in the other direction. True. It's like a rubber banding right. pull. Sure, absolutely. They saw that happening. And then the hippies start talking about communes and living together and everybody should be protected and blah, blah, blah. And that sounds like communism. Right. Which helped the Third Reich, in their mind, get... You know, and, and was bo- and was moving into the government. Here come the communists again from the early part of the century. My grandfather warned me about the commies getting in, and bo- and they start panicking about mm-hmm. it, and they start, "We got to shut this down." And then, what did all the guys who were in the mi- in the military and in the government who were fighting the drug war look like? They all look like fifties cops right. and <laughs> the nerds. They all look like and, that. Right. Yeah, right. They look like pocket the th- protectors, right? And tie and glasses. the, the thick neck cops who right. who didn't like it, who wanted normalcy, right? And so. But what is normal back then? Right, you know, well, they, it was manufactured. It was the blinders, you right.
0: know, we're, we're living with blinders, don't look over here, don't look over exactly. here, Just keep it straight ahead, everything's good.
1: But it was because they'd come back, I mean, the war was horrible. World War II was horrible. Right. As much as people, we you know, talk it. about how much, you know, yeah, glorify it, but you know, how much Germany and the United States lost and England lost, the Russians lost like 25 million people, their entire male workforce, you know, it's like when you talk about, the small government conservatives and go, you know, if the government needs to get out of the way of the free market because right. it was when the free market was running that we really had an industrial revolution in this country. That's when, you know, America became a force for productive, you know, we made, we had factories because the government was out of the way. B.S. <laughs> the government was helping them. The highest form of welfare, which was bombing the crap out of everybody's factories. Right. Germany and Japan, which are two big productive factory uh, um, companies, and, and the British were bombed by, by the, the Germans, Germans. Yeah. so everybody, we were the only, we weren't on the continent, so our manufacturing sector was protected, right, right, and we weren't spending all that rebuilding our entire country, so we could start building cars, mm-hmm. we could start building washing machines, and spreading them all over the world, hmm. because our factories had to bomb, which there. is government welfare, <laughs> right? That's a form of government. Well, the government organization known as the military right. bombed the crap out of our competitors' factories. Let's... Now, maybe it was for a good reason. But it was a, a leg up. Yeah. Our companies got a non-free market leg up. All Ayn Rand BS aside, they can pretend all they want that it was bootstrapping that made Whirlpool the number one right. um, you know, washing machine maker in the world. But the fact is, England was in cinders. Right. Half of Europe, every place, every country yeah. that would be building or inventing <laughs> things didn't. on that level was in <laughs> rubble. Right. So they couldn't compete with us. They were back to. They had to rebuild their bridges with all the steel they had.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. I haven't really looked at it that way, but you're right because if they can't build it, we, we're the only ones left. So that yeah. kind of makes us the default,
1: right? And, and the opposite is happening now. We've been dumping our our money in the Middle East, right. bombing stuff, you know, wasting our our in, you know our intelligence and our technology and stuff, just detonating it in the dirt, while Europe has been building stuff, right? And while China has been building stuff, and they're they're getting the leg up because China was not a part of the war that we've been dealing with with Iran and with with uh, you know Iraq and Afghanistan and, right. and, the, and the tension in the Middle East and having to jerk around down in that area, they have been you know they have a hands off kind of mechanical you know monetary uh, investment in it, but nothing that would sway them. So they get to sit back and make stuff, right. solar panels for one.
0: Yep. To, <laughs> and
1: wind turbines. And you,
0: and you think about living here in Arizona, why you know this state this hasn't been place. set aside as far as like a, you know, maybe a, a, a I don't know, like a, not really a sample state, but in a sense like an a, experiment, an, an, experiment an, oh, an example. Well, you kind we of
1: one of the biggest arrays being built here, and that's from federal dollars, as it should be. I mean, it, it, the other thing, too, is, People are like, well, you know, oil, you know, came up naturally and we didn't have to, you know, oil companies didn't get these subsidies in the beginning. They just kind of, okay. The first guy ever to be killed by a car, run over by a car, was run over by an electric car in San Francisco. He was run over by an electric car. The first cars were electric. Back in the in, in late, uh, early yeah. 1900s. Yeah.
0: I, I saw the, uh, the documentary Who Killed right. the Electric Car. Yeah. Blows me
1: away. Totally. First that cars we had were electric. Electric car back then. And we had trolleys everywhere. It it, me. And it, yeah. And the, the oil industry just said, well, this is me. much easier because it's, because going between cities was the hard part. as long term. And they didn't want to build train tracks. So right. It was a big kind of anti train track kind of a thing. Whatever. That's why Ayn Rand's book, Atlas Shrugged, ironically, It's like a big ad for trains. (laughs) That's why it sank. That's why that movie tanked. It's because in the middle of them releasing Ayn Rand, the track, the Atlas shrug. this is the movie that we all believe in. This is the proof of individualism. The movie reads like a big ad for public transportation. (laughs) Because you got all these trains are stupid. <laughs> right. you know, Scott Walker in Wisconsin, literally killing the big train project, stupid. which would be run by private industry. Which you know what I mean? Like nobody was making a. This wasn't a Soviet-style train that was trucking people from Siberia. You, you think he goes against it though, just for the ideology as opposed to the totally. actual practicality? Totally, he doesn't want to run. They'll the win. They'll he's, win. He's got a job waiting for him on the other side of this. Oh, sure. He I'm sure, it's he about does. how much damage he can do. He's a spoiler. He's not a. He's not a. But
0: I think this would be in his back pocket, kind of like you know saying this is. This is, what, this is the direction you need to go into, right? Because I mean, it's, it seems almost like so bizarre, like a bizarre world that these politicians are doing; these they're just doing things that are so bad for the public, and it, it
1: doesn't make any sense. To but me. It, it, there's a, there's an ideology, and this is again, it's ironic that people would pin progressives and liberals as the one who want to control your life, and conservatives are the one who want government out of your pocket and out right. of your house, which is the exact opposite of what is true. I mean, right. that's the Karl, Karl Rove strategy is is call out. Your opponent for what you do, and take the heat off yourself. Right. Make his strength your, you know, his weakness your strength, right. and vice versa, and uh, your weakness his strength, uh, or whatever. But, but either way, just dictate, um, you know, what you want his message to be for him, you know. Right. And and in their case, they want small government. That can 't prepare for tornadoes and hurricanes and and dams and breaking and flooding all the stuff you need big government for right. military that kind of stuff you need these are big ticket items that you and I could not squirrel together if the tam, if the dam is breaking i don 't care if everybody in town had some concrete a bag of concrete in their backyard and a pallet there 's no way we could fix it right. in time it doesn 't work that way You need to group together and start a plan you 've got to act like an adult and it 's like you know you didn 't more than likely you didn 't build your house you bought it. So there was, a, and and you want it to stay up. So you need other people making sure that there are standards to make sure houses right. aren't falling on you sure. while you sleep. You need to believe right. that's what government <laughs> yeah. is for. And it real, and yeah. it's bigger than you can deal with. And you're not going to pave roads yourself. And you, you know, this idea. So you don't need limited government. You need gigantic <laughs> government that leaves you alone personally.
0: Right. Take care of the big stuff.
1: Let- Leave me alone.
0: Exactly. And yeah.
1: that's that's where I think progressives and liberals largely are. Like healthcare is a huge thing because other countries are moving ahead of us they're living longer and healthier and that kind of stuff or but and roads and trains and
0: but being progressive and liberal you know those ideas are great and for the you know for the for the movement of society and as a whole, right. So why do you think people who are conservative are against that? They, they again, they want it to be it, the nuclear family back in the fifties. Right. They want it to, everything good, blinders on, nothing bad is happening, life yeah. is good.
1: Yeah, I think they there's a there's a couple of belief systems in the South, and I grew I start I grew up in Kentucky. and One of them is ignorance equals innocence. If you don't know about something, you're not guilty of it. Okay. And it's it's they'd rather scary. be dumb yeah. about it. I don't want to hear about that. I don't right. want that I don't want my kids to know that music. I don't want them to see that person. I don't want them to hear. what He's saying, "I don't want Barack Obama to speak at my school because I don't want them to, you know, because I don't want them to get the idea that he might have something to say." Right. Because I have no counter argument. Because I'm not paying attention either. And so they, they just, they think isolation is the key to protecting the family unit and protecting their church. Sure. Because quite frankly, in the more information you get, the harder it is for big Christian churches to hang on. That's mm-hmm. why, if you notice, the movement in Christian churches has been to mega church and strip mall. It used to be. There used to be a middle class of churches in this country, three hundred to five hundred seaters. They were everywhere. Right now, those are dwindling, and you have these, you know, fifteen thousand seat yeah. arenas and these three thousand seaters, so. right, yeah. that everybody drives five hours to because right. there's no church in their town. That's bizarre. <laughs> and if there is one, it's a koresh style mini mall right. church. Absolutely. So literally, there's a ninety nine and one percent thing happening in religion as well. The hierarchical right. belief system fits in there, right. So other than that I have no opinion. But uh, <laughs> but, but I think that's there's an iso- this belief that isolating protects you somehow instead of leaving you ignorant and unprepared. And this idea that, you know, the president studying overseas or living overseas or whatever is somehow a negative oh, or speaking no. another language <laughs> or any of that stuff is seen as an intellectual yeah. negative is disturbing. Yeah, it, well and it's also directly related to the fact that we used to fight the Soviets. And now we're fighting Muslims. And our, whether it's wrong or right, that's what we're, we believe our enemy is as a group. That's what ourselves. we're told our enemies yeah, are. Yeah, right. But, and it's also what the vast majority of the folks we're talking about believe. Sure. And when we we're fighting the Soviets, it was a technological war. It was bombs and spies and the, you know, and 007 and, you know, watches that, you know, you could radio somebody through and stuff like right. that. Was, it was that kind of a war. It was a cold war and it was a hot war with the nuclear weapons and stuff. We were testing nuclear weapons. Nuclear science, rocket science, was seen as a plus. You'd snipe other people's scientists or kill them right. to keep them. Okay. Now we're fighting Muslims. Well, that's an ideological war. You're either Christian or you're Muslim. Right. You're fighting a religious war in this in the mentality that creates this. And if you believe that uh, you have to be, you, being on our side means being Christian, then somebody who's not Christian enough or is a scientist is all, might as well be Muslim in this equation because you're not helping us. It's an ideological war. I don't need science. I need you to be a true believer. Right. Because in our minds, it's a true believer versus a true believer. Right, and that's where we're where we are now. And until we drop that, we won't get back to being you know a technological power. That's interesting. Yeah, China is our technological you know quote unquote enemy. They're our main competitor in a traditional sense. It it might as well be companies: the United Corporations of America versus the United Corporations (laughs) of China. That's really (laughs) you're right. I mean, that's Google and Apple and IBM and Motorola against uh, you know anything Guangzhou has to offer. Right. Interesting.
0: Uh, Has your comedy always been politically inspired, or when did you
1: cross that line? I started doing political comedy before I was old enough to vote. I was doing Reagan jokes when I was 17 at a political comedy club called the Clout Club in Chicago. But I noticed during the Bush years that there was this weird thing, again, because we were in an ideological war, that anybody who criticized the president was seen as the enemy as well and there were people in the audience i could just see even if they would have agreed with the point i was making the minute i said bush their ears would shut like the the doors on the on in star wars you know like death star right and so i was like i need to start making my jokes about the sociological aspect of this and leave the specifics later and that's what monty python did monty python would leave a lot of actual politicians names out but they would do a character in such a way that you would go oh, that's who he's talking about sure so I stopped doing Bush jokes and started doing jokes about guys in cowboy hats who have no cows <laughs> and, and and then the next time you see Bush you go oh, that's who he's talking about sure. and you know what I'm talking about and you know I'm right Right. but you, you didn't have that excuse that right. one shut off where you can go he's just making fun of the president we can't <laughs> afford that right now because the Ahmadinejad is looking for us to, yeah, a, a right. hole in our armor. It's, <laughs> right. just, it's like, that's not how it works <laughs> at all. That's, <laughs> but that's how certain members of the audience, and right. I don't necessarily fault them for that fear, because it was, you know, 9 11 was a shock for a lot of people, and that's fine. But that's not going to, I'd rather make my message more palatable. And so I really do deal in the socio political aspect of things and our own interaction. Because that's the seed of it anyways. And arguably, pop culture right. is how we become who we are. Sure. And Jesus was the Justin Bieber of his time. There were nine or ten guys running around pretending to be the Messiah at right. the time, right. all fulfilling the prophecy in the, that was written down in in the Old Testament because you had to. Right. If you're the Messiah, you'll do this. You'll have twelve followers, and you'll show up here, and you'll do this, and your birthday was then, and that kind of stuff. And so there were a bunch of guys running around going, "My birthday is then, and here's my twelve followers," and this is, and that was the thing. He met John the Baptist, who's his cousin, and he was doing basically the same thing. It was just that John knew that Jesus was the big dog. He was the, you know, he was right. the McDonald's to his Burger King, arguably in that conversation. <laughs> but but a lot of the stories that are attributed to Jesus might as well have been attributed to you know, to John as well because they were. Nine different guys, and they just right. kind of at the Congress of Nicaea, they took the best stories and made them one guy, I, simplified the message. Sure,
0: absolutely. I, I just
1: I love the analogy of Jesus to to McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. That's what it is. I mean, right, it's, you're it's right. Branding. I mean, it's, that's funny. The ironic part yeah. of the cross being the symbol, you know, and many, you know, Bill Hicks talked about this as a rifle or whatever. You know, it's it's almost like when you talk about why Christians, who, you know, if you believe in the teachings of Jesus, how can you be for the death penalty? Right. Well, quite frankly, without the death penalty. They wouldn't have a religion because the guy was killed by capital punishment. Right. He was, he, I mean, he would have to die of natural causes, <laughs> you, have, like, right. you know, to kind of variant on the old joke. But he would, he would have been walking around with a tissue. Would he die of consumption or right. something? <laughs> he had to be nailed up. Right, right. That's, you know, for I'll the for, for the philosophy, it was human sacrifice. Right. They'd sacrificed a sheep uh, forever, for lambs for a long time. Right. And now the sins were viewed as too great. You needed a human sacrifice to make the shift. And so it just went to human sacrifice. That was the natural progression. It was just like a drug. You, you know, first we'll just kill a lamb. Then we'll kill a sheep. Right. Then we'll kill my kid. No, it's just kidding. Uh, we'll send a guy. God will send like, his own kid.
0: It sounds like a serial
1: killer. Well, it's kind know? of, yeah. You like killing, you know. bloodlust. Right, right. I mean, you know, it's funny that you talk, like, talk about uh, on television it is a big thing. You know that in America... Kids see 12 murders a year before they're nine years old. Terrible. For five years, they'll see 12 murders a year. In the Old West, right around here, they used to go see an actual hanging. It's one thing to go on and see a grisly death on Law and Order. And your parents can go, that didn't really happen. It's not real. This is telling a story, and you got to pay attention to the story because it's a mystery, and you got to figure out. And sometimes things like this happen to people, and there are people who help you find... I mean, (laughs) talk about that. They used to drag their kids down to watch a guy hung just for being black in the wrong part of town, or just being too poor to defend himself, or actually being a bad guy. And it was sort of indiscriminate. You could come down and go, we're going to go see The Hanging this week. It's like they go to see comedy clubs, (laughs) you know, to double back what we were talking about. Right. They didn't care who was being hung. You just went down. Right. After church. Right, right, You went to, after you left church <laughs> and went to hanging. see them string a dude yeah. up and watch him twitch with your kids right there. And I don't know if they turned to their kids at that point and went, now that's why you should behave because right. that's going to happen to well, you. Well,
0: that's what it was. It was a fear mongering. Yeah. You know, yeah. like this will happen if you do things bad. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, they still it's, doing
1: it. You know, the Old West is the how the Middle East is still run. Right, sure. We moved past it just because of some elements that made us. You know, we got away from certain religious right. folks. We could get away from them because the Quakers had their way, um, and the Pilgrims had had their way, and the early religious types. We'd have been chucking women in ponds to this day. Right. Sure. You know, we just move. You know, we're just graduated past it. Europe graduated before us. We're catching up behind them, and the Middle East is still kind of behind. But that's the birthplace of humanity, right. and that's where we're all. You know, the further you get away from there the better you get. You grow up in a small <laughs> town. You might believe that, you know, blacks and Mexicans and women are somehow weaker or whatever, and you move to Seattle, you're going to realize that's ridiculous. Right. But yeah. you had to get out of Terre Haute, Indiana to figure it out.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, went to, I was public school in Los Angeles, so, you know, we we people busted from L.A. And, yeah, you know, never I was, had that problem. So, yeah, never did. I mean, I've, I've, I was integrated.
1: programming takes a long time. It and, does. And you got to understand and that's okay. You know, it's, it's you know, I've said this before, but it's like when people... Barack Obama came in on a, like an idea of fundamental change, big change. Well, he's making it happen. But it's the kind of change that you won't realize until twenty years down the road right. that it's wow, that was a huge pivot point. <laughs> but this is the impatiences of yeah. America, like, you well, know, what it, have you, you done for me lately? You're what, either you know? pill i I think there are two camps of people pills or push ups. Okay. You're either into pills or you're into push ups. I want a pill to take the fat off or I <laughs> want to do some work. Sure. And there's big you know, there's a huge, unfortunately, there's a huge pill camp these days.
0: That's Yeah, that's the next drug war to sense. I mean, Yeah. For, oh, that's, all call a war, that's where
1: all the danger is. That, yeah,
0: I agree. There I are mean,
1: fewer clinical trials on human subjects with those drugs than there have been of heroin. Heroin's <laughs> been used by people for lots of times, and you right. know what will kill you. <laughs> right. You know it's bad over a certain point. You know that there are limited doses <laughs> right. and things like that that are sort of functional, and then if you use it past a certain point, you're permanently addicted, and that's a problem, right. and your pleasure centers go, and blah, blah, blah. But uh, nobody knows what that long term effects of OxyContin is. But the, but you can look at it. The second people start taking it, that they can't get off it. They're on it for three weeks right. after surgery, and they're crawling like their skin crawls because <laughs> they're not getting it. That's bad. That's
0: very bad. And not only that, these pills are coming out too, but a little faster. They're they're hitting on shells. Yeah. Untet- right. Exactly. So it's just.
1: It's, and they're not cure-based pills at all. They're all maintenance drugs. Sure, they're all meant to keep you on them for a long time. Right,
0: right, and that's why that was a Chris Rock bit, right? Wasn't yeah. it what he said? Uh, there's no, there's no money in the cure. Right, it's in the Never sustainability of it. Yeah, of and course, that's what it is. It's keeping yeah. people on the drugs. Yeah, keeping them sustained. Uh, Hal Sparks, uh, it's, uh, I, I dude, I can keep
1: talking know, with you forever, dude, man. Totally. I
0: I I, I have even talked about your band Zero One. Yeah, we're on
1: tour next. we we start on tour next week. I get back to L. A. on Monday, and we literally hop in a van and drive to the Midwest west and yep. we're playing through wisconsin ohio michigan and uh kentucky and uh and and illinois and just like a you know regular tour yeah you know, that's great are you mixing comedy in on the tour no never. no strictly music so strictly music because you, i
0: mean you're you're multifaceted you know you're an actor comedian yeah. mm-hmm. you know yeah. uh musician right. um, i'm sure you do writing you do the radio yeah. as well so you do a lot of different things so what would you label do you have a label for yourself nope. or just no i'm just a me. renaissance man in a sense? yeah well i think
1: you I think part of who I am as Hal Sparks, if you're going to define a brand based on that, is the fact that not only do I do all these things, but I believe everybody else can too. Absolutely. It's just a matter of whether or not you decide to. That's right, it. Right, There's nothing I can do that you can't do. That's why I was a big Kiss fan, you know, and still am. Because I remember, like, I saw the decline of Western civilization the Metal Years, yes. the Penelope Spheres movie. Yes. And they asked, everybody at the end, they asked, what would you say to somebody who wants to be a rock star? And they went through the list, and everybody was like, I don't know, it's tough and it's, it's harsh. And they cut to Dave Mustaine. He literally has a one-word answer, don't. <laughs> and they cut to Paul Stanley, who was uh, an aerial shot, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. lined with women in a bed. <laughs> right. But she was shooting for a video. They just happened to come oh, they to the, were? Of the video okay. so shoot. So they didn't set it up for her movie. They were doing it for the Kiss Exposed video.
0: Okay. Because oh, all that no footage dad. is in there.
1: And uh, he's laying there, and they said, what would you say to anybody who you know wants to be a rock star? And he said... Go for it. Who would I who I'm nobody special. Who am I to tell you you can't do something? I was a taxicab driver in New York. I did what I wanted to do and I was willing to work for it. I'm never going to tell you different. Right. Right. And and the idea that I could is the most arrogant thing in the world. Right. And I love him for that, and I appreciate that, and I think it's true. The, the, you, there's a movie called The Edge. You ever see the movie The Edge with uh, Anthony Hopkins? Oh, the and bear Hawk- and everything? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's le- it was written by Mamet. It's about the three stages of manhood. It's, a, it's basically a play. The bear is almost a sub-story. Okay. But the idea is that the young black guy is representative of of youth, male youth, and how we kind of just our, our, we let our own ignorance eat us up sometimes. We make mistakes, and sometimes we can't recover from them without guidance. Alec Baldwin just cares about money and women. He's in his mid-age right. where you know it, materialism matters. Alec, but uh, Anthony Hopkins is older, book-learned, and wise, and ultimately wins in the end. And he screams at Alec Baldwin to get him motivated to repeat the phrase, what one man can do, another can do, again and again. And he tells him like Maasai boys in the in Africa smack lions as a test of manhood. Smack them in the face. Imagine smacking a lion <laughs> to prove you're a man at 13. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> the that's, true yeah. that's true of everybody. That's true of everybody. There's certain people who may have some sort of genetic push in one direction or another either in intel- intellect or physical capacity. Right. But Django Reinhardt had two fingers. You know, <laughs> and he was one of the greatest jazz guitar players ever. You know, whatever it is you want you just have to decide it's more important to you than not doing it. Right, that's what it is,
0: man. That's and that's. I would love to pass it on for people out there listening uh, to realize. You know, when I see somebody in like in a, a job they don't want to be in. It, it, it's like it's almost sad in a sense. Well, just do what you want to do, Try it. Uh, Can't
1: you go for it? Yeah.
0: People are held back, but you know the system holds them back. What, the, what are you going to do? Debt and all that stuff. You're going to gonna be miserable, them. right? Ex- I mean, exactly. you're already miserable. Exactly.
1: And and anybody who says, "I well I couldn't play guitar," tell that to an Iraq veteran who's coming back with one arm. Right. Tell and say, "I can't dance. I always wanted to dance, but I can't dance." Tell that to somebody in a wheelchair, because they would love to have your legs for the afternoon. Because right. I guarantee sure. they would dance like mad. Yeah. And I and there's a lack of. The, that i think more than anything gets me riled up as far as a lack of respect for the for what you have as a gift in life and how you don't deliver right you just don't you, you just choose not to it's a it, the lazy reflex i have no respect <laughs> for i can't do it and the i can't i don't shoe gazing kick the sand right attitude forget it there's too many people working way too hard for too little just because they love it and managed to do something that it, if to give you any excuses whatsoever
0: you that, know that's that's a good, good end. Nothing yeah. to
1: it but to do it. Baby. That, there you
0: go, man. There I appreciate. it.
1: But to do it.
0: <laughs> nice, man. Well, very cool, man. I'm so I'm glad yeah, to meet you, man. And, uh, yeah, thanks. thank you so much, man. I mean, of course. this is really cool. I mean, again, we can probably go on another hour or so. Definitely could. I definitely have a lot of other things I wanted to ask you, yeah. about, but I did see you at Steel Panther a couple years ago. Yeah, I was in L.A. and you popped up on stage. Right. You and Corey Feldman were on there. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> nice
1: backup for Corey. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you do that once in a while, right? Yeah, I sing Skit Row with them, and I sing, you know. uh. Occasionally, I'll do ACDC, although they're do- down tuned half a step, and that's really hard to sing down tuned half a step. You should sing it standard tuning. Sure. Anyway, I mean. I <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a big metal fan. Yeah. So, and my band, you know, we're we're a metal band, but it's melodic rock. It's we're okay. I'm singing. Okay. You know, there's you, actually you play and sing. I play and sing. Yeah. Like guitar. And another
0: sing. step above.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, again, I you know, one day I could not sing and play. I could not sing and play at the same time. Right. Just couldn't do it. And then I went to bed on a, I busted my butt trying and trying and trying, couldn't do it. It's like stick shift or something, right? Just just grinding and couldn't figure it out. Went to bed on a Sunday night, having practiced my butt off all day trying to get it. Woke up the next morning and I could do it. My really? nervous system just needed time to gestate or something. Interesting. And it just clicked like stick shift or something right, like right. that. Where you just okay now. It's figure okay. It I don't out. have to try as hard. And then I can get good at it. You know, and being part of this tour is you can't skip a step. You can't go from here just because I'm known go play bigger venues and act like it's going to be as good as if you went through the process. Right. So we're doing you know Escanaba, Michigan, and you know and you know Peter's Point, Wisconsin, (laughs) and you know Bannock, you know whatever uh, Peoria, Illinois, that kind of stuff. Um, and and throwing it against the wall, really play like it's the only thing you do. Right. You want to do something when you're doing it, it's a very zen attitude, but just do it like. It's the only thing you do. Sure. And then the next thing you're doing, while you're doing it, it's the only thing you do. While you're cooking dinner for yourself or your family, it's the only thing. You're a chef. It's the only thing you do. Mm. When you're watching television just to relax, that's what you do. (laughs) You're watching television to relax. Right.
0: And it's uh, all, you know, as far as, but you also want to be... You know, if you want to be a rock star, you want to be an artist, you want to do whatever it is. You got to also live the life and, and believe in yourself for doing that. I mean, like well, said, well, because
1: everybody will tell you negative. Right. Everybody, right. there's, there's so, you know, I've done every Tony Robbins system there is. Right. I've read three Zig Ziglar books. I've done, you know, all that stuff because you have to because the entire world is telling you no, you right. can't, it's not okay. going to happen. Even if you just, it's just water you're pouring on the plant while the rest of the world is throwing sand on your seeds. It's just you have to do it. You have to be, right. the voice in your head that says I can has to be ridiculously, like Hulk stronger than the voice that says you can't. Hmm. Because the voice that says you can't also has the comfort factor of sitting there and doing nothing. Right. It already it's, has right. a head start.
0: Sure does, yeah. Absolutely. We're, we're ingrained with that the yep. kind of negativity in us. Right. We can't do it. We can't do yeah. it.
1: Yeah, and you can. You just can. You can.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, You can.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> Yes, we can.
0: I, I've, uh, I, I said a uh, little slug. I said... Fuck you! I can. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. Basically, you know. Right. That's, I mean,
1: and arguably, that's what the "Yes, we can" method, yeah. was, and it's and it should be the carrying force. It, it
0: should, should be. be. It should be a lot more reinforcement from the society. From, yeah, from everybody. On all fronts. I couldn't agree more because we then we'd be a lot more productive. Of uh, you know, environment around oh, yeah. us and everything would be so much better. Yep. Uh, Hal Sparks. Uh, Thanks t- so much. Dude, it's been awesome, man. Yes. Uh, tonight over at the 10B Improv, 730 and 930 tonight and tomorrow night. And uh, Zero
1: One is the band. Where can people find your music online? Um, uh, ReverbNation.com is okay. where we house our kind of site, and it's Zero uh, One, uh, slash Zero One. The word zero and the number one. If you do a search for it, it's on there. We also have a Facebook page, which okay. is Zero One Nation. Can I play one on the station? Of course. Okay. Yeah, so- yeah. There's uh, Mad Season. Um, uh, my cover of Shock Me is on there. We have Helsinki has a swear word in it, so just to be aware. Um <laughs> And uh and she waits and a couple other songs. So okay. There's, yeah, there's some good stuff in there for you to play. Yeah. Um. And then American Psycho is the new single that's being played in the, you know, uh, uh around and about. So uh,
0: nice. Well, um, I definitely will be a stranger to Arizona. No. I want to get you back out here again. I love to have you on. I again. think I'll be
1: out here with the with, with the John band? Bugle saying. For yeah, the, the sexy the poli- liberal tour. No, for the politics, sex, and religion tour. We oh, were you're just changing here. It. Okay. No, it's a different. It's an offshoot because it's just John and I. Okay. Um. Where we talk about everything you're not supposed to talk about. Love it. Yeah. Love it. I can, you know,
0: when's yeah. that going to be? Uh, probably in the fall. Probably, okay. uh, you
1: know, maybe August, but I think at least in the fall. And then, uh, because I start back on Lab Rats on Disney probably mid-August. Okay. So I can only do Saturdays starting that. I'm getting my weekends doing stand-up in now while right. I'm on hiatus. Okay. So, uh, and I, and that's why the band's on tour next week. Uh, you know, right. Because we've got to go. This is my only window. And then I'm back shooting 20, 25, 30 episodes. Disney's that way. <laughs> so I'll be locked up You've you got a busy life, man. That's, yeah, that's uh, great, though. That's, that's so, Awesome, fun. doing everything. So fun.
0: Well, it's yeah. good. I mean, you're fun to watch on TV. Yes. I mean, everything you do seems to be a lot of fun to be a part of. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like I said, that we could have gone uh, into it so many different so avenues right. with you. But, now, uh, people
1: can follow me on Twitter and ask me all kinds of questions about any of the stuff I've talked about. I'm, I'm, I'm an open book, and I run all my own social media stuff. Oh, you do? Okay. So my, That's you. I have the House Parks Fang page on Facebook. That's my fan page there. Right. It's the Fang page. The Fang? Yeah, because <laughs> nice. I have fangs really i got opinion. yeah there you go yeah. my
0: bottom teeth you really do though yeah yeah oh my god Did you sharpen them nope <laughs> just yeah. the way they are yeah
1: and, um, uh so yeah i've got that on facebook and i run all my own social media right. stuff so i and i believe in it i you know my instagram pictures are really mine my twitter tweets are really me right I, you right. know i don't have an assistant do it because i think that's stupid if you're, if you're not going to do it just don't do it just don't do it
0: yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, well, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it yeah. once again. And uh, well, uh, good luck with everything, Thanks. man. You need it, but you code always It always, always helps out a little bit. Yeah, of course. All right. We'll take a break. It's, it's KWSS 106.7 FM. You're driving with gas. And uh, we'll be back. It's 106.7. Okay. All, right. all right. And then uh, if I can just do one thing, can you do me a drop, if you don't mind? Of course. Like, yeah. You're driving with gas is uh-huh. the name of the show. Yep. And if you want to throw in anything else ad lib wise. hmm. Comedy-wise, whatever you want, whatever you feel will be good for Mm -hmm. driving with
1: gas. Right. And go for it. Yeah. And it's KWSS? It's KWSS. Yeah, right. Hey, it's Hal Sparks from those I love those shows. You know those. And you're listening to KWSS. It's Driving with Gas, which in about 10 years will be an ironic title.